is going now to win stage number 15. Sepkus, an emotional finish from Durango in the USA. Sepkus wins. Everybody to the Between Two Wheels podcast. 2023 year-end edition. Happy New Year, Victor. Uh, I, Victor, I got your card in your communications. I appreciate that. Sorry, it's been a, it's been a busy, busy time as of late. Hope everyone's doing well. So, um, thought I would give a few little uh, breakdowns of kind of what I have planned for the year for this show, and it will put you up on the screen there. There you go. Thanks, Victor. Um, a little bit of what we have planned for the show going forward and me personally and then then we'll get into kind of a recap of some things i i i always like to do these and i like to do predictions and i haven't done any kind of uh <laughs> research and prep for this but what made me think about it was a cycling podcast they did a breakdown of their three they did a compilation they cut up uh their Giro, tour and vuelta podcast and then they put it out. So it was like, you know, an hour sum of, of like the highlights and all that. And it was barely cycling. <clears throat> it was all their travels around. And I'm like, I don't care. And then I'm like, I could do that with mine. I, I've done commentary and, 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 you know, but that takes time. That takes effort. And Victor says, uh, great year to come in 2024. Yeah, I hope so. I'm actually back, been back on the bike, been doing some running. Uh, my, my, my back has been problematic since what, like August like very bad. So um, I'm finally to the point where I could I could do these kind of things. Uh, now I've let myself go drink, you know, maybe or eating and, and not exercising. So I'm back into it. I'm doing that. It's it's a bit rough there. So that's my plan. And I plan to actually race this year. That's that's my goal, which means when I get out to races, then I end up doing more podcasts with people live, uh, which is kind of a thing. But I'm still planning because I absolutely loved doing it last year, which was all the major grand tours doing a, a 30 minute show every day of those. So that will be something I will continue to do and, uh, and, and bring you, um, there's a little bit of a few things in the news. We'll get to that, but I thought we would just walk through some of these highlights uh, for the year. And I'm going to walk through the calendar and just say, you know, talk about who won stuff, kind of remind you of that kind of like a memory, memory lane here. Uh, but let's just start with this, uh, Pogaccia on, uh, Cycling tips, they just voted him uh, favorite rider 2023, and I could see why. Um, he got most of the votes. Matthew Vanderpoel, 
Second, uh, Wout Vanner. Third, Peter Sagan, retired. Uh, in fourth there, Roglic. Fifth, Contador, retired. Valverde retired, although he's kind of been in and around. He did that gravel thing, and then he's, uh, what else has he been doing? Let me see if I can get, there you go, a little better. Uh, and then, um, and he's also, there's rumored that he might be coming back. So, Mason Marlow says, make Tyler Yonke. <laughs> yeah. yeah, good, good, have a good, I, I'm looking forward to riding with you soon there, here, Mason. Uh, Cancellara, Eddie Merckx, uh, those are your top 10 there. Uh, the highest climbers ranking. I don't even understand this. Looking at the top 10, we find, oh, that's something else. Uh, Gino Mater, he passed away. I don't know if there's a voting. This must be a voting thing. He's on the top of the list, sorted by most positions gained. The rider from Bahrain Victorious, who tragically died in a car crash. The Tour de Swiss is still in the hearts, hearts, it's spelled wrong, of many fans. Uh, Gino Mater, Skelmus, uh, Matteo Jorgensen. I don't know what this is. These are, these are all voting things. So, um, top 500 ranking, only riders that are at least five years retired. Contador. So, and Lance Armstrong. So, a lot of druggies in this one. Uh, Cancellara, remember, he, uh, his bike had a motor. Tom Boonen, he got busted for Coke once. Uh, Indurain, I don't know if he ever got busted for anything. Uh, Pantani killed himself and he was doing drugs. Uh, Jan Ulrich definitely has a drug problem. Sean Kelly, maybe, I don't know. Uh, and, Bernardino, he once punched out a, um, a protester. There you go. Um, so that's that's our little whole thing there. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna walk through. Let's go back here. I'm gonna walk through a few other items here. Once again, um, go to. I'm taking everything from uh, basically pro cycling stats, and we're gonna do the a Gantt chart of their um, the calendar, which is pretty interesting little way to go. Look, problematic things now with websites which is uh they they make you pay for everything and i'm not necessarily into all that uh cycling stats at least has some good things but a few of those are no longer around so anyway um we started out the year i'm not going to break down every single rider uh, or win here but uh started out two or down under um and we'll just click on here and 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 just kind of walk through the two. oh this didn't do it I might have the wrong chart. Uh, let's see if this other this other calendar worked a little better. Maybe we'll use this one. Okay, there we go. Uh, Santos two or down under. Um, it's still giving me the same. I just had clicked it. I walked through these and it, before did a little bit of research. Um, and but Jay Vine won that. And Omloop. Let's see. News Black. Is that Dylan Van Barl? This is not going to go the way that I wanted to go to results. Maybe we have to do that on every one. Oh, you know what? This is giving me uh, the calendar for the next year for the, I wanted the 2023 calendar. These are 2024s. There we go. Okay. All right. This is uh, this is this is the problems you have when you do a show like this that you don't prep on. Okay, so there we go. Santos, two down under for 2023. It's a J, oh. What the? It's still, it still is doing this damn thing here for me. Uh, let's see if this does it. There we go. Uh, Jay Vine, uh, Magnus Sheffield, member coming in fourth. That race is coming up here in the next two weeks down there in Australia. Got a little Aussie news coming for you, so that'll be uh, something not so great to talk about. Uh, the UAE Tour was kind of your first big step here. We had Evenepoel wins that. Plap, uh, Sepp Kuss comes out here uh, top um, five 
and he got some actual placings in that race out there. Uh, and so Brandon McNulty, Riccatella, those guys were out there, and it was it was something you could start to see. But Vettipol obviously got the win, and uh, Adam Yates started his season off pretty strong as well. That was first race of the year for Sepp Kuss, and then he didn't really race, I think, until um, Volta Ciclista a Catalunya. Um, which Roglic ended up taking the win on that one. Actually, this this list here, the winners, so I could just go in there. B- Dylan Van Barro on Omloop, Strada Bianca with uh, Pidcock. That was one of his first big races. Remember, uh, mountain bike um, Olympic champion. And then we had um, Perinis. Pogacar starts, you start to see the big guys. Pogacar, Roglic for Torreno, Milan San Remo, which was a great finish. I remember that one. That's kind of the epic little picture that they've had. The four guys coming through the, the finish there. Uh, Vanderpol, who gets the win. Filippo Ghana is there. Wout and Pogacar followed in by Kraut, so, uh, uh, Soren Kraut Anderson, Pedersen, and Nielsen Palace in that group. He did a great race there, top American in seventh place. And what we ended up seeing with Nilsson Palos for the year was some impressive riding uh, on the very long, long one-day races. Uh, you had this one, a uh, few other classics. Um, you had the world championships. He was doing fairly well up there as well. So uh, good stuff. Uh, and, and more to come from him. Um, I think he's staying there with EF, so good for him. Um and then we had the Cyclist of Catalonia. That was uh, Roglic coming out on top of that one. Uh, Depain, you got some sprinters in there. A good showing this year by Jasper Phillips. And he had a, he had a what, four, three, four wins there at the Tour. Um, Depain, uh, e, E3, Saxo Bank. Wout, Wout didn't have a big year of wins. Uh, he had this win here in the Saxo Bank. Um, we'll just take a look here as far as his season goes. Um, so he gets, uh, he gets a win there at copy Bernaki. I don't know what that one was. It's just the first part of the race of the year. Um, he also got general classification at the tour of Britain later on in the year, but I mean, that was tour of Britain, uh, UCI world gravel series. Okay. He got that, um, world championships. He was second place in that one tour de France, no stage wins, but, um, he did, you know, he got the Belgian national championships there tour de Suisse. He won the points, but no stage racing there. Perry Robay, third. Uh, like we said, the E3 Saxobank Classic. He was first place in there. That was his win. Just not not a great year for overall wins, but he did a lot of work, and especially at the Tour. Uh, really helped his team out uh, at Vinigo this year. Um, but with that showing at E3 Saxo, then he started having his teammate, Christoph Laporte, comes in there again, Wevelgum. Uh, who was there with him? Because it was the team. Yeah, he and Wout. So he gave the, the win to Wout. Um, we do kind of understand that that's, uh, I mean, the Wout gave the, the, the win, sorry, to Christophe Laporte. We do understand that's actually the situation that happened there. Uh, but then Christophe Laporte comes in that uh, Dwarves on Vladenvaraden Tour de Flanders. And that's another one. We had Nielsen Palace coming up there in third place and Christophe Laporte uh, getting the win uh, for Jumbo. Um, Pogacar goes in there at, uh, sorry, that's the tour, uh, Ronde van Vlaarden Tour de Flanders. This was been the, the, the week, the, the midweek race. There you go. And then the, uh, tour of the Basque country. That's when we start to see Vinigo stepping in and having his wins. Perro Bay, Bay, we had Vanderpol and Amstel Gold, Pogacar, Fletch Wallone, Pogacar. And by the way, um, 
you had Mike Woods, I think, in fourth place on Fletch. Yeah, Mikael Landish, Gilmos. So you started to see some of those riders. No Americans. Uh, that's uh, For some reason, I mean, you have Sheffield down here in 58th place. But uh, for some reason, I mean, that's actually a race I think, um, you know, some of these climbing guys uh, should be able to, to do fairly well. But so such it is. Uh, Liege. Oh, it goes there. We got a filter of this thing again. Crappy calendar thing. Um, here we go. Uh, Liege. Uh, Amstel Gold, Pogacar, Liege, uh, won, or Fletch Wallone won by Pogacar. Liege, best on Liege, what, three or so wins in a row <clears throat> by Remco of Ennepol. Um Let's take a look there because that was another one. Uh, ben Healy had a good race. Uh, he was also second in one of the other classics uh, to Pogacar. I think that's when we saw Pogacar taking a pretty good swig. <clears throat> Not quite uh, Sepkus-like, but they had the bottles there, and it might have been Amstel. And he just plugged the whole thing all at once. Pretty impressive. But Pitcock coming in uh, second. Remember, those two guys went over the top together. And then he just, uh, Remco literally just rode Pitcock off his wheel in a very impressive uh, fashion. But, you know, all this early season racing might have been the downfall of Evenepoel uh, coming in later on to some of the, the bigger races. Then we started seeing uh, some of the stage races coming up here. Tour Romedy, uh, Adam Yates gets the win. Also had a very good tour. Remember UAE, he was up there second. He had a good, I think there was an American uh, Tour Romedy. I want to say um, Jorgensen. There you go. Uh, Mattel Jorgensen was second. You know, he's gone over to um, Jumbo. So that will be uh, something to see. Um, then we had the Giro <clears throat> and I thought I'd play a little clip here of a Giro because, uh, won by Roglic. And if you take a look after the Vuelta, I went back and, and took a little look at, uh, some specific stages and, but for, um, <laughs> I don't even know if I really want to play this. This is me giving a breakdown of stage 16, uh, at the Vuelta. Uh, but let's, let's, I'm going to actually, we're going to play a little clip here of me. Talking about the Giro, stage 16, and uh, talk about what happened. And and you look at the comments on that day. Uh, it was kind of interesting that Brian Zimney said. Uh, so I think I'll just go a full screen here. So that's that happens, Sepkus looks around. No one no one reacts. Thomas doesn't look in dapper. Thank you, Brian. I have court in a little bit. All right, let's back it up and just Rowan a bit. Dennis there we go. peeled off the front. Teams look like they're not sure what to do. And so UAE takes over. Uh, they've got uh, Davide Formolo up there, and then Brandon McNulty, and then Jao Almeida. Uh, Formula was going good. And before they catch Luisi, McNulty's like, I won uh, two days ago. We had a rest day. I'm out. And he, he was done. Uh, Hugh Carthy was hanging on the back. You had uh, Eddie Dunbar up there in the GC group hanging on. Sepkus just looked spry as can be. He looked ready to go. But you did have Roglic sitting back a ways. And that's not unusual, by the way. Well, it kind of is. Typically do see him a little bit further up. But the, the GCN commentators were like, hey, Sepkus is on his wheel. That's a lot. No, that, that happens all the time. You see Roglic rides. Sepkus is, is kind of behind him, kind of as a gatekeeper and re they're ready to go. And that's the situation that you had. Uh, then they, were, they brought everybody back. Everyone's kind of there. Now it's just Jalamid has been on the front. His teammates have been dispersed and everything's looking kind of good. Hugh Carthy has been dispatched a little bit. Amrail's suffering to, to try to get back on. And you have this contingent here. Jalamid, Sepkus. Uh, G. Thomas and Roglic. Okay, then Jao takes a, a bite at it. He decides he's going to uh, hit out, and he's up the road a little bit. And as soon as that happens, Sepkus looks around. No one, no one reacts. Thomas doesn't looking dapper. Thank you, Brian. I have court in a little bit, so I'm ten thirty Pacific out in uh, Roseville. So uh, I'm just going to shut this out and uh, I'll put this out real quick, and then I got to drive up there and, and handle somebody's uh, custody business. Um, anyway, that's that's my personal life. So the, the the problem you have then is 
Jal goes up the road. He's been looking good. He's this diesel guy. He does pretty good, but no one jumps with him. Sepkus immediately looks around and paces back. Now, it takes him a few kilometers to actually get kind of up to the, the thing. And the whole time you're seeing him go around these tight bends, there's just a little bit of a gap with uh, Roglic kind of being out because I think it's Sep. Uh, you've got um, Dunbar's there too, but Eddie, uh, and he and he and Roglic are kind of battling on the back. And at some points, uh, Dunbar, I think it's distance here. Um, and, and right before they're getting up to Jalmita, you can see that there was a bit of a problem with Roglic tagging on and right when that happens i don't know if it came over the radio or thomas had been well aware of it he just scoots up uh, he gets immediately up to jow because they were just off a little bit gets up there and just hits it again um and i mean because i think that's what was happening with sep not just closing that gap right away sep looked just fine and matter of fact it was this about five kilometers to go this this whole situation happens here um you end up getting sep driving it all the way to the last 700 meters for uh, roglic uh and so i think sep was fine but who wasn't fine was Roglic. Now we can talk about reasons and speculation as. Okay, so I'm I'm that that's that that little uh, interlude there uh, because what was interesting about and let's let's actually take a look here. So Brian in the in the comments that day says, "I wonder what time gaps would have been without super super domestique Sepkus." So the only reason I play this is because I've gone back and looked at the uh, the clips and, and the actually the the whole entire Giro the tour <clears throat> just to kind of see. Uh, and and I'm, I've actually gone back through several of them to see what what, what is the significance of Sepkus to these guys. Because then we had the whole blow up in the Vuelta, which we'll get to. <clears throat> but to understand that, I would have, as an example, uh, Roglic won the Giro. This day, he would have lost it. He would have lost it overall. Because what you ended up seeing Sep do was phenomenal. It was like the I said 5K, but I think it was close to 7 to 10K that Sep is on, just pulling nonstop. And they go over one little pitch, and then they come down, and then they have to go up with last one. And uh, Roglic doesn't really do much. And um, Sep, I think Roglic kind of, like I said, they're distanced Sep a little bit and uh, because he was trying to attack up again, and then Sep comes through. Anyway, just all the way to the finish. And it was, there's no way that, um, that Ruglich would have been able to do that. I mean, he just, he looked like he was on the rivet and Sep just kept looking back. So those are vital things to remember when you are, when you're talking about, you know, does, uh, does Sep deserve to have their loyalty? Uh, yeah, he did. And, and, you know, they kind of were a little bitches about him in a, in a sense there. Uh, so let's just look at the juror real quick. I want to take a look at it. Roglic, 14 seconds over um, uh, Garrett Thomas, uh, 115 over Jalmeda. Down here in 14th place was uh, Sepp Kuss at 13.09 back, but did a tremendous amount of work. Remember the last, very last day you had uh, Mark Cavendish coming in uh, for the win, uh, getting some help there with Garrett Thomas. I actually found the Giro to be an interesting race. Um, you know, I know some people said it was, it was highly boring or something. Uh, but, uh, you know, the last stage made it, I mean, it, it did it all. It made it pretty exciting for me. Uh, then you start getting the tour prep. You got the Criterium du Dauphiné. That's, there you go. Once again, Jonas Vingigo coming in, uh, pretty much, I think, destroyed everybody in the Dauphiné. I, I believe he won like three or four of the stages. Um, let me take a look here. Adam Yates, 223 back. Uh, we can look at all the stages if we want to. Giulio Ciccone wins that. Uh, eh, we don't need to. We'll just go back here to the race. <clears throat> All right. Then you had Tour de Suisse. Skelmos gets that. And uh, sadly, that's the race that uh, Gino Mater uh, ends up crashing on. I think uh, Magnus Sheffield as well. And um, pretty nasty crash that Gino Mater uh, ended up dying. 
Uh, but we also had Felix Gall kind of coming out there in the Tour de Suisse. Uh, a bunch of people were crashing out and getting sick. And at some point, you had all the big guys kind of like not there. And Remco still hung around. And Remco's there. He ends up third place. Ayuso, we saw him kind of be uh, Wilco Kelderman, uh, Roman Bardet, uh, as you can see there. So those were, uh, let's see if the DN if they have DNFs on. No, there we go. I just asked. Uh, scooting through there i saw peter sagan <clears throat> kind of like oh who yeah he raced this year um so we had wait let's go back down here <laughs> missing it tour de suisse then we had the tour de france tour de france with as we know vingago once again um it was up until the time the, the second to last time trial it was one of the most fantastic and close races because you had uh, Vinigo kind of taking the lead, getting dropping Pogacar. Then you had Pogacar dropping Vinigo. Uh, and then they're just battling back and forth. Remember, there's the motorcycle incident that you had there. But you had Sepkus coming in there. You had uh, Wout. You had uh, doing you know team stuff up ahead, then pulling uh, with, with um, Vinigo. But in the end, that final, that second, to, or was it this? take a look here. We'll, we'll go into it. It was that time trial that was just really, really devastating. Uh, there you go, stage 16. So up till stage 15, I mean, we'll look here at stage 15. Um, you've got just a few, uh, that's right. Well, Poles wins that race. Uh, it was a great race there. Lawson Craddock, these guys were in the break there. And Walt Poles put the hurt on dropping uh, Walt Van Ert and, uh, and getting that stage. But, uh, you know, it's only 10 seconds uh, going into uh, stage 15. Then he had stage 16. That's the, the time trial that had a climb to it. And Vinigo just destroyed Pogacar, who gets second place, but loses to him by 138 in almost three minutes to Wout. Here you go. <clears throat> this is why I had some faith in Sepkus. Now, it had a climby part, too. You can see here on the profile, it had climby portions to it. But Sepkus um, comes in here at 14th place, and sure, it's 340 to uh, his teammate, but he's not even trying, uh, you know, for the most part. And so these, these are some... some Signs of hope that I had for him going into into the uh, into the Vuelta when he was when the time trial was coming up there, and then you had Korshaval, um, Gall. Remember Gall wins that, and that's where um, uh, <laughs> Vinigo destroys Pogacar. Pogacar, I don't know if he had a bad day from the time trial, but he was he was hurting, so he lost a bunch of time that day. Uh, Sepkus did uh, ended up losing a bit too as well, uh, but Felix Gall puts in a tremendous. Uh, ride that day and get to the stage win and that's pretty much where everyone's just like well uh, i think we're done and over on this one um so as the overall final gc uh vinigo puts 729 and then you had our boy sepkus down there in 12th place which was uh almost but remember he got hit in the head he he fell down second third last uh you know climb to uh, the the stages to go and ended up um beat up a matter of fact in the tour in the vuelta his head was still uh bandaged uh you can see that so you know he lost a little bit of a little bit of time there um okay so that was the tour i remember we had the giro we had a venipole was in the giro he was in the lead and then he ends up getting uh covid so he ended up dropping out of that and we we're like okay we just don't really know what's going on with all these so that was a tour um tour of poland mateo mohoric wins that um, was it also the tour that he won a stage there? Yeah, he won a stage. 
uh, Pelo Bilbao won a stage, and they both had really, really interesting and good uh, interviews. Uh, you know, Gino Mater was kind of on everyone's mind, um, but you know that's that was a that was a situation that we had going in there. Um, then we had the Vuelta. We came to the Vuelta, and we know Sepp Kuss ends up uh, winning that race, but you know it it wasn't for sure. It starts out with a triple T in the rain. Uh, Remco's complaining about it to everybody. Uh, then a few days later, you had a mountaintop finish. Um, <laughs> let me see, which one was that? Like, uh, I want to say three or four here. He ends up crashing over the line. Um, that was not that one. So, but there was bad weather. There you go. Uh, stage uh, three, he ends up winning that, but he crashes over the line into, you know, it was supposed to go right and he goes straight, runs into people. He's complaining about that. Uh, he was just, he was kind of a mess. But what you ended up seeing here, the Sepkus, look at this one, stage three, is an, as a matter of fact. He had done all the work up until the last few hundred meters uh, and then kind of sat up. And luckily he didn't, you know, he went as far as he could um, and he only loses 13 seconds. You know, you know, later on we'll see that he doesn't, he decides that those kind of seconds are, are not worth it for him to be, uh, to be doing. But there you go, stage six. Sepp Kuss gets up into like a 40-man break, ends up uh, destroying the people he's with. Uh, Lenny Martinez, Roman Bardet, they're 26, 31 seconds back. Mikael Landa, 46 seconds back. Mark Suler was this other guy that was in contention there, or was at least after this. He loses almost a minute. And we did a breakdown of this climb, and Sepp Kuss only lost, uh, I want to say, 15, 20 seconds to uh, Vinigo and uh, Roglic, who ended up dropping a Venipole. Uh, did better time than Venipol up this climb, who actually kind of rebounded his way uh, as the race, uh, at least the, the climb. And so Sepp Kuss goes into red, but then the next day he ends up losing it to uh, Martinez. And I want to say that was, yeah, so Lenny Martinez ends up uh, getting the stage or the, the, the overall for the GC for that day. And then we have a few interesting things that start here on stage nine. Uh, Kamna, see here, Sepp Kuss goes back into the lead. Um, and then we started to see the situation fall, the, the triple T, or the, the, sorry, the, the individual time trial, where Philip Pagana comes there, destroys, Remco of Venipol does really well, Roglic does well, but you know who also does well? Sepp Kuss, 13th place here, 129 back, and ends up staying in the GC. And at this point, he's in the GC uh, for the duration of time. We have, obviously, the situations... Going in here, Sepp Kuss still over there with, with uh, what was the stage? I want to say maybe it's, was it Formigal? When we had, there we go. Jonas Finigo for his daughter on her birthday. He ends up attacking, uh, goes up the road. It's going to happen. It's Vinigo's going to get the win. Easy does it. But Sepp Kuss, about, uh, I want to say, 1.2 kilometers, he attacks, gets pushed off the side of the road, kind of a, a spectator, regains, hits it again, Ends up getting the win, or, or sorry, second place, and uh, you know only 30 seconds down. But Roglic closes him down, kind of drags Ayuso and a few of these others, and you start to see it forming where you have the three-headed monster at the top here. Uh, at this point, you've got Sepp, Roglic, and Vinigo. Well, a few days after this, um, what is it? We'll just walk through some of these here. Because um, Venipol starts to get some wins. He gets a win on the next day. He's not going to be denied. The next day, I think um, Sepp had a little bit of trouble on that one. Same idea. They were trying to chase things down. Rui Costa gets a win. People hated him because he wouldn't uh, take polls. 
Uh, then you get Vinigo. He ends up winning this one for who's oh, his teammate, Van Hoydonk. Uh, he goes up the road. This was a little bit, this is the one I was thinking of where uh, then they can't chase. And so then you have Roglic trying to go up the road. He's dragging everybody with him, but neither Sep nor um, Roglic can really do what they want, which is if there's a guy that's within striking distance of you and he's going up the road, then, you know, when they say, let's just fight it out on the road. Well, then you would say, then it's fine that he, he comes up there, that he chases and maybe, you know, brings everybody with him. But no, you can't do that. So this, this figuring it out on the road is, is bunk because it's not, not the first one that attacks is almost <laughs> the one that's going to be, uh, be able to stay away and have the advantage. And we, we had talked about it at the time, and Vinigo had said this, uh, like the first day when he talked for his daughter, I have great legs, I have good legs, Sep, I want to go. And Sep's like, fine, you can win. So they did. Well, anyway, this one, Sep had a little bit of trouble, but it was kind of the way that this road was. It wasn't super steep, and people were like, oh, he's getting trouble here. It's going to be tough the next day on the Angerlu. Well, the Angerlu was a little bit of tough, but it was tough for everybody else. You had also seen, I think, the Formigal or one of those stages there. Uh, Jao made it lost uh, like a bunch of time. You saw uh, Remco. He lost a ton of time. He just sat up, but then he was in it for he was going to, you know, just go for uh, stage wins. He was kind of trying to do that on the on this one on the Angerlu as well. But this is the one with the crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. Sepkus, everybody's dropped. It's just Roglic, Vinigo, and Sepkus up the climb. And by the way, uh, Primos puts on the best climbing performance ever on the Angerlu. Vinigo puts on the second best timing uh, ever on the Angerlu. And Sapkus puts the third best time on the Angerlu. So why are you getting rid of it? It's not like he faltered. But with like a K and a half or so, 2K to go, uh, Roglic just puts it down. Sep comes off the wheel. Luckily, Mikhail Landa had been distanced a little bit. He ends up helping Sep Kuss over the top. Sep then gets him for the win or th for the third place for the extra time bonuses. And then all shit went to the uh, it was it was crazy stuff because these guys like, oh, I want Sep to win, but I'm going to bury it. It was an ugly scene. And um, it's just it's, it's what happened. So while Poles put on a good ride there, Jaumita, a lot of these pipes. Kian Utebrex, uh, for the young guy from Bora. There was some weird team stuff going on. But when everything came out, then everyone's like, fine, we'll be good with this. Eventipol wins another one, but the team solidifies around it. And in the final situation, you have Sepkus with a Grand Tour win. Vinigo, 17 seconds. <laughs> wow. And Primus Roglic, a minute eight. And then Ayuso, Landa, Enric Moss, Vlasov, Utebrex, Almeida, Butrago, you know, 10 plus minutes down there. So um, it was a close, close race and it was fascinating. And, um, you know, lucky for us, we got to uh, watch and experience it all. Okay. So that's, that's kind of the year in review as far as the calendar goes. I mean, there's, there's a few more races that we could talk about, but I don't know that um, I really want to at this point. Um, let's go into, before we do, let's go into kind of a sad story. This came across the uh, news wires last night. Um, Rowan Dennis, teammate of <clears throat> Jumbo, teammate of uh, Sepkus. Um, he's been charged with causing death by dangerous driving following death of wife, Melissa Hoskins. So she's a two-time Olympian, uh, world champ. <clears throat> I think she won some junior stuff. They got married in 2017, but he's been charged with causing death by dangerous driving after his wife, two-time Olympian, Melissa Hoskins, was killed in a crash. In Adelaide, South Australia police said that Hoskins was hit by a car on Saturday evening in North Adelaide. She suffered serious injuries, was taken to the 
hospital and died overnight. And, and by the way, when you look at the, the video stuff that they've had in this, it doesn't look like, oh, he just was backing out of his garage and hit her. It looks like this is on the road at a high speed. Like, I don't know, they having a fight? Is he running her down? That's kind of what it appears to be. Um, they were, uh, they don't care about that. Um, let's see what else they say here. Hoskins, uh, married, they married in 2018, um, showed the family together for Christmas. They have two kids. Um, she was involved in a high speed crash when training an event in 2016, which saw her hospitalized, but not seriously injured. She won five medals at various track world championships, blah, blah, blah. Um, so yeah, that you, with the tour down under, this may be something that actually gets, uh, even more attention from the cycling world, because as they're going to be down there, you're going to see a lot of uh, reporters possibly, uh, taking a look a little bit more at it to see, <clears throat> you know, Hey, what's, what's, what's the status of this and kind of get to the heart of it, uh, what actually happened. Uh, last, we also talked about Tour de Suisse, uh, stage six was neutralized with Gino Mater's death over the side of that hill. That was pretty dramatic to see. I don't know. I, I, don't, I didn't see it at the time, but I'd seen some video of uh, the, down the hill of where it was. Uh, today, I thought maybe they would say who else, because I know the American was in there. I want to say um, Sheffield. He might have been in, involved in that as well. Um, he's going to be okay. <coughs> All right. We're almost done. Um, here we go. Our Victor's car accident fatalities might have a dashboard cam might it be, i mean it depends if if he had one you know on the car himself i saw it was like a truck um and it was fairly new but it wasn't like you know super high i don't know it may or may not happen who knows okay let's talk a little bit about so pagachar like there's team shakes up team shake up stuff that's happening jumbo Ineos. uh quick step or whatever they are. <clears throat> There's all kinds of uh, contemplations about what was going to happen. Was uh, Amazon coming in, sponsorship? I didn't really talk about those things at the time. We'll let all those shake out. And when the season starts, <clears throat> we'll start getting into it and talk about predictions. Um, as far as me goes back for the year, I want to look at one quick thing. Um, uh, let's see this guy. I don't, remember, I don't even know how to say his name, but, oh, this guy, dude, Watson Cycling. Let's go to Watson Cycling on his uh, Twitter page. There we go. Just, uh... Okay. Uh, last day of the year, I'm going to post the top performances of 2023 estimated by me. Um, he says, all estimates are calculated on standard weight. <clears throat> okay. So he says, the best 10 to 15 minute efforts of 2023. Uh, Jonas at the Cote de Mananti. Uh, I don't know if that was during the tour. Roglic, uh, I Cappuccini. These are five, 7.74 watts per kilogram. Damn. And Roglic again in San Luca, 7.55. Uh, best 10 to 15 minute efforts. Vinigo, 7.19 watts. 11.24 um, in the Zua. Uh, these, and then the Exoric. De Cati, I think these are uh, Remco Evenepoel, 13, uh, 7.01. I think this is probably like the early season um, stage races there. Uh, Vinigo on the Beges um, in Spain. That might have been when the, I think the Tour went over in there. Uh, okay. Uh, best 15 to 20 minute efforts. Did we just do that one? No, we didn't. Uh, 6.97 watts on the Col de Marie Blanc on the Tour de France. Uh, Pogaccia on the Poi de Dome. That was uh, 6.77. <clears throat> that was a really tough climb. 
Pogaccio again on the Le Batox, uh, 6.69. Um, this was interesting here. The best 20 to 25 minute efforts. Roglic on Laporte. Uh, Felix Gall on the Col du Platzer Um, I think that was the Tour Swiss. It says French, though. Might have been that. Uh, and then the Montelazera for Roglic at 6.4. Best 25 to 30 minute efforts. Col du Juplan uh, for Pogacar. Roglic on the Angrelou. At 6.37, Skilmos at 6.39 on the Vars du Sous-Olon. 30 to 40 minute efforts, uh, Leonard Kamna on the Paso San Valentino, 6.29. Uh, Vinigo on the Col de Tourmalet, 6.2. <coughs> Vinigo on the Col de la Lowe's, 30, uh, sorry, 6.09. Did they go in these top three? Yeah. Forty to fifty minute efforts, six watt point oh two watts. Uh, Vinigo on the Tourmalet, Pogaccio on the Grand Colombier, Roglic on the Angrelou at five point nine six. <clears throat> you know, Sep is right there along with Vinigo. Uh, best fifty plus minutes. Uh, <laughs> it's crazy. Five point eight nine um, on the Tyrone two thousand. I think that's Tour Swiss. Uh, five point eight nine eight five. Sorry, by Adam Yates. That's uh, that's very very impressive to go there Oof. all right i think that's that's where we're probably head out oh, what are the predictions so pogacar is going to do the giro i think he's going to just win it and the reason being is unless other guys change their story uh everyone seems to be gearing up for the tour de france so it's going to be uh it's going to be on pogacar i don't know uh, this was the thing chris horner was saying hey sepku should actually be going to the giro he could get he could get a giro there because the the competition is going to be less and now Pogacar says, oh, okay, I'll do it. I'll, I'll listen to Chris, and I'll, I'll go there. And since he is, um, then there's a very good chance that he uh, might just take the win for that. I mean, I don't know who else is going to do it. Otherwise, you have the tour. <clears throat> Hopefully, Pogacar is going to be in good form for that. I mean, we saw Adam Yates come there. Sepp Kuss thing is going to be uh, interesting. Plus, it's going to be even more fantastic. What we just saw with all the climbing things. You're welcome, Victor. Uh, what we just saw from all the climbing stats is, uh, Roglic is not is not on the demise. I mean, he, he won the Giro. Uh, he could have won the the Tour of Spain. Uh, either way, he was right up there, and those three looked fantastic for the Tour of Spain. So he's not losing anything, um, and it will be interesting. It will be interesting to see if his new team has the ability to help him out the way that he he really needs them to do. Other than that. Um, Tour de France, you know, Roglic, Vinigo, Pogacar, Evenepoel, uh, I don't know, Jai, Jai Hindley, Jalmida, uh, Adam Yates, Sepp Kuss. I mean, you get the top, Brandon McNulty, um, Mateo Jorgensen. You've got this top, top brass here that's going to be fantastic. And then, you know, as this Tour Swiss always is, it kind of shakes out. Some guy that needs a win still, hasn't maybe had a great season, maybe he's crashed out of the other Grand Tours. He's going to go there. Maybe one of the guys, maybe it's Sepkus, is focusing on um, on going to the Vuelta to defend. I don't know. Could be fantastic. We have also the Olympics stuff coming up. So there's a lot of things in the mix. And um, I'm looking very much forward to it. So I hope you all had a fantastic 2023. I'm looking forward to get back on my bike. I've been missing it. <clears throat> I don't know what it is about doing this podcast. I end up my throat. It's got problems, people. All right. Uh, love y'all. Uh, thanks for uh, being. Maybe we'll do. Uh, try to get Chris back going to do some of these 
and we can uh, we can do some prediction show and some racing and then some local stuff for those out there. So thanks, Victor, for supporting it. Everyone else as well. And uh, share the show around because we aren't going anywhere. We're still going to do this. So we're going to end out with our intro video that we had for the Vuelta España. Take care, everybody. Even Chris Froome had no response to Alberto Contador today. For the last couple of years, he's looked a shadow of himself, but Contador has shone on this welter, and finally he takes the stage victory. It's about how much time Richard Carapaz can take. What is the gap going to be? He crosses it at 2.34. So, Primoz Roglic now has got 45 seconds to get there. Primoz Roglic saves La Vuelta by around 19, 20 seconds. 21%, it really is a, uh, a hurt zone, this. Nibali hits it once again. Now, can he? Don't forget, he's just got to find three seconds here. Four if he can. Away and Nibali goes once more in the cloud. Oh, it's almost reminiscent of his uh, job on uh, uh, the Giro d'Italia. Yeah, almost the camera. And uh, has Nibali been taken out here as well? No, well, I, think I don't think there was any contact with anybody. It's just gone pop. Here is Horner. What a performance by this man. As we say, 20 years separating the man who's won the stage and the man who quite possibly has just won the welter. 200 metres. This is going to feel like party time. And the grimace turns into a huge grin. And the clock, watch it when he crosses the line because this is the crucial timings. He gets the bonus as well, don't forget. There is Chris Horner. Has he just done it for the old guard.